Cancer Advances, a Cleveland Clinic podcast for medical professionals, exploring the latest innovative research and clinical advances in the field of oncology. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Cancer Advances. I'm your host, Dr. Dale Shepard, a medical oncologist here at Cleveland Clinic overseeing our TOSIC Phase 1 and sarcoma programs. Today, I'm happy to be joined again by Dr. Peter Mazone, Director of the Lung Cancer Program and the Lung Cancer Screening Program for the Respiratory Institute. He's here today to talk to us about the Lung Nodule Management Program. So welcome, Peter. Thanks, Dale. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So maybe to start, you can tell us a little bit about your role here at Cleveland Clinic. Sure. I'm a pulmonary and critical care physician. I've been here on staff for about 20 years or more. And as you mentioned, I'm director of the lung cancer program. And that includes all things pulmonologists do for lung cancer, from smoking cessation to screening and diagnosis and staging and preoperative testing and survivorship care. Been fortunate to have a great, great team uh, involved in all of the uh, programs that we run. Excellent. So we're going to focus on lung nodules today. And I guess um, sort of as background, you know, we certainly commonly find these as incidental findings on on radiology reports and what we do about them. And that is, is a common, common concern. So tell us a little bit about the origins of the, the program to manage lung nodules, how it, how it developed and kind of uh, where we are today. For sure. Yeah. You highlighted, I think, the the most important nidus of the program, it was that there's a lot of imaging done and incidentally, a lung nodule might be detected. Someone might've gone to the emergency department for chest pain or a, a totally unrelated issue, had a scan done of their chest and, and a small nodule was found. And, and it struck us seeing a lot of these patients in clinic that sometimes because it wasn't the focus of their visit, they were never told about the nodule or the nodule didn't receive timely follow-up. And so we wanted to develop a program so that these nodules didn't go missing. In particular, some of them, very few, but enough to worry about, represent early stage lung cancers. And so we want to identify those early stage lung cancers when they're quite curable instead of later in their course. So for a couple of years, we struggled to put the program together because, because there wasn't a way to systematically identify who was found to have a lung nodule. In parallel to our program growth, a broader actionable findings program was being developed in the Cleveland Clinic led by our radiology groups. And so in partnering with them uh, over the last couple of years, they now electronically flag every report that has a lung nodule found. So now we can track all of these patients who have incidental lung nodules found. The numbers are quite large. And so we partnered with our Heart Vascular Thoracic Institute to pilot a program where we in pulmonary medicine would own the management of all of the patients who their providers ordered a scan on and found to have a lung nodule. This could be a belly scan, a neck scan, a chest scan, a heart scan, whatever it may be. And uh, we learned quite a bit. We learned this is a, uh, these nodules can be found anywhere in our health system. Many different types of scans can identify them. And often enough, they're not, they don't know about them that we had to put together a process for communicating with the patient, 
letting them know about the finding, arranging for appropriate follow-up, uh, follow-up of small low-risk nodules being different than a large worrisome looking nodule. We develop care pathways. We have a group of uh, provider champions, physicians and advanced practice providers throughout our health system who uh, follow those care paths when we shunt patients their way. It's been very, very rewarding. We're expanded the program uh, to try and address all nodules across the health system. Uh, that's about 10 to 15 times the numbers with the HVTI. So we're now growing our programs, providers and systems so that we can adequately accommodate all of the patients that have lung nodules. When we talk about lung nodules, and you said the volume's high, and I can only imagine given the number of scans that we do, how many nodules are we talking about on average per year? It's a, a good 200 a week. So you're talking about 10,000 in a year in our health system. That's, uh, that's, that's an, a daunting number. Absolutely. And certainly we don't want to miss an early stage lung cancer, which you mentioned. Um, what percentage on average end up being identified as a, as a lung cancer? You know, I think it's a great point too. It's just a few percent, uh, two to 3% uh, of the, those that have entered our program. And that highlights the other value of having, um, having care provided by, by this group with an interest in lung nodule management. The other end of it is we don't want to overtask individuals that have benign nodules, scan them too often, or do a procedure with a potential complication only to find out it was a, a benign lung nodule. And so we have those dual goals, identifying lung cancer as soon as we can, but minimizing testing for individuals who have benign nodules. You may or may not have any information that you've collected on this, but what about from the patient perspective, just the, the psychological benefit of knowing that someone's actually identified it and is sort of guiding them along what to do? Because, you know, it seems as though people see a nodule and they automatically think cancer, where as most of them, as you mentioned, are not. Is this something that, that we're getting good feedback from patients in terms of sort of an appreciation that they can have some peace of mind? Yeah, I think it's another value of the program. High quality communication allows our, our patients to be managed in a way that doesn't have as much psychological impact on them. And, and it's challenging. Sometimes the patients don't know that their scan showed a nodule at all. Again, it really wasn't the reason they were hospitalized or had the test done to begin with. So this kind of cold call from our team uh, you know, has to be uh, quite delicate. Other times they know and, and they uh, are already following with another provider or, or at a distance in another health system. And, uh, and oftentimes they just at least appreciate that, that we were paying close attention and not letting anything escape. Once they come to clinic and we, uh, we learn from the literature about what sort of communication is most helpful in allaying their fears uh, when it's benign and, and how to make sure they're comfortable and follow up appropriately when we're more worried about the nodule. So when we, uh, we think about these, uh, the nodules, I guess you have to identify them. And I guess it raises a point that I end up seeing in clinic often. And that's, you mentioned patient awareness and whether they know there are nodules. And I know that in the institution, there's a, some efforts to standardize the reads on 
on films. Some radiologists are a little more descriptive than others. Does this program to look at lung nodules, is that sort of been a, a piece of that in terms of, you know, there are patients that want to know absolutely everything and there's others that only want to know if it's important uh, or we think it's important. And so it, it, it irritates patients when they say, you know, previously seen lung nodule is stable. And they're like, what lung nodule? Um, are you working with radiology to, to try to work on that standardization of reports? Yeah, the, the radiologists have been great partners in this and the broader actionable findings program. You know, they have a large group of diverse radiologists to, to work with and make sure they all try to report things in a relatively standard way and at minimum are flagging the reports when there is an actionable finding. That's been uh, an evolution and it's getting better and, and more accurate all the time. Our chest radiology group themselves, they don't read all of the scans of the chest, um, but they have a very standard approach and very standard way to format their radiology report, which can be very helpful. The second point you mentioned is, you know, we do, as an institution, release these results to, through the electronic health record to my chart and, and um, patients may for the first time see that their report suggested they have a nodule in that way, and, and we want to be sure that, um, that that doesn't happen frequently. We don't want people to be nervous about something they don't need to be. At the same time, we also want uh, anyone who does see the report in that way to have access to a program that can help them understand what that finding means to them. So you've certainly gone through lots of uh, nodules at this point with the volume you're seeing. Is this going into a registry? Do you have outcomes data from looking either at the, the initial HVI collaboration or the bigger picture overview of this program? Yeah, absolutely. The a part of the program was developing a dashboard or health management system within Epic where we can track who's enrolled and who's not. Requires a little bit of work from our providers to complete documentation in templated notes so that the data is extractable. Allows us to say why patients choose not to come, why they do come, what types of nodules we're seeing, and what the downstream testing is from that. How often are we diagnosing cancer, ordering PET scans, doing biopsies? The information that we looked at from the pilot program helped us justify the need to grow in the number of providers Know, recognizing the revenue from seeing patients and from the downstream testing and treatment for those who have disease. Um, so without good data collection, our program wouldn't be as high quality and we probably wouldn't have been allowed to grow as much as we have. How large is it at this point? How, what, what, what's the size of the team do you expect? So this, this team overlaps with our lung cancer screening team and our, our, our lung cancer team as a whole is growing in other ways. In the near future, we'll be up to 11 advanced practice providers, and they'll be located across the region. The physicians with an interest in the pulmonary department and lung nodule management blanket the region, and we're up to about 22 physician providers who we count as uh, valuable parts of our team. So far, we've uh, contacted about 2,500 or so patients through the HVTI program, and that's rapidly expanding as we expand the program across the health system. So it seems like a great framework. Is there 
Is there a discussion about moving this into other areas like pancreatic masses or liver nodules or other sorts of things that are kind of incidental thyroid nodules, things that are incidental findings on, on imaging? Absolutely. The, the imaging team who uh, we're working in parallel and now in partnership with us uh, have an actionable findings program. And so on the imaging reports, they're now flagging any actionable finding that could be uh, those you mentioned, thyroid nodule or adrenal nodule, it could be a brain aneurysm. And through our partnership, they developed other partnerships with institutes that might uh, help guide the management of those patients. Um, and so programs are being developed across the health system uh, to make sure patients get appropriate care, regardless of what the incidental findings are. The primary care community has been a big part of these discussions and knowing which patients they should continue to follow because they know them well and, and are vested in their care and when it's appropriate to have those patients go to a specialty provider has been ongoing discussion and part of the program. What do you think has been the greatest challenge and what do you think is the biggest success? I think the greatest challenge is really the volume. The numbers are large and and like most programs, you know, you have to do it a little while and, and show some success to justify the number of people you need to uh, manage that volume of patients. And so that's, um, that's taken, taken time um, and has been the biggest challenge. I, I think the biggest success is maybe where, where we're at now. We, we've seen a lot of good feedback both from patients, but from leadership and a recognition of the importance of these programs and the support that's required to make them work well. It's certainly you've set up a great program that, that can only help patients that are worried about these nodules and providers that aren't quite sure what to do with them. And so I appreciate your uh, insights on the program today. Thanks so much. To make a direct online referral to our Tossig Cancer Institute, Complete our online cancer patient referral form by visiting clevelandclinic.org slash cancer patient referrals. You will receive confirmation once the appointment is scheduled. This concludes this episode of Cancer Advances. You will find additional podcast episodes on our website, clevelandclinic.org slash cancer advances podcast. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget, you can access real-time updates from Cleveland Clinic's Cancer Center experts on our Consult QD website at consultqd.clevelandclinic.org cancer. Thank you for listening. Please join us again soon.